Now, here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley. On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Miami Dolphins owner says that he won't sign any players that will kneel for the national anthem. He will, however, hire any coaches that do blow off their desk. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. We do this thing called the Cheese Tease every day. I am oddly proud of today's. I think it's the best one we've ever done. Go check it out, as I mentioned, on my Twitter account, at underscore Adam Crowley. Le'Veon Bell has been slapped. Slapped with the franchise tag. Now official. They're still going to try to work out a deal with Le'Veon, but the Steelers have already reportedly offered Le'Veon Bell more than what they offered him last year. I'm willing to bet they don't get something done. I'm willing to bet that Le'Veon Bell winds up playing this year on that franchise tag. That is the subject of our Twitter poll today, at underscore Adam Crowley. Still unsponsored. we got to sponsor that damn Twitter poll. Put some cash in my pocket. What's the most likely scenario for Le'Veon Bell? That he plays on the tag? that he retires like he said he would, or that he signs a long-term deal. The results later in the show. Penguins won last night. They didn't play all that well. Gave up 38 shots on goal. That's the third time in four games they were able to do that. Not a good thing to do. But they were able to win and get the two points. I said yesterday that getting the two points doesn't matter as much as playing well. I'll agree with myself today. You want to play well. And you want to be playing well going into the playoffs. The Penguins did not play well enough yesterday to beat good teams. If they play like that in Philly on Wednesday, they going to get their ass beat. Last year, the Penguins did the unthinkable. They won the Stanley Cup without Chris Letang. This year, their star defenseman is heating up at the right time. Letang is a plus nine over his last ten games. He's tallied three goals and nine points over that stretch while averaging 26 minutes a game. In overtime against Calgary, while at top speed, he skated 200 feet into the offensive zone, then promptly about-faced and skated 200 feet back the other way to break up a scoring chance. That mofo's back. Against the Flames, Letang was one of only two Penguins players to play over 20 minutes at even strength. He finished having played 26-44. Do you miss Ian Cole? Sure you do. He's a good player. But would you rather have last year's set of circumstances or this year's? It's easy. You'd want to have Chris Letang. In the playoffs, Mike Sullivan is going to play the top four defensemen a bunch. Both Chicago and Nashville have relied heavily on their top four defensemen in recent years, and it's worked out okay for them. The Penguins will follow suit. Chris Letang's going to be playing 30 minutes a night. You don't need your bottom pair as much in the playoffs. Here's betting that if the Penguins win the Stanley Cup this year, Chris Letang will have been a big reason why. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We'll get to Le'Veon Bell in a minute, but did you hear Deion Sanders yesterday talking about that white boy running? 
don't need nobody to be successful. They're going to be successful no matter what situation you place them in. Troy Ashley. I'm not even running. Why are you surprised, Dan? Oh, uh, I know why I'm surprised. I can't say it on TV, but he can run, run. <laughs> he was a track guy. Right. He was a track guy. But, but you're saying it with an extra You don't tone. see that much. You're saying it in tone. Let's call it what it is. I like that, he man. He just ran 435. Hey, man, let me go hug him. 215 pounds. I'm going to hug him. Hey, man, that was good, man. <laughs> you can run, run. Excuse me, 200 pounds. I try. How are you, man? Good job. <laughs> I don't think white people are allowed to be offended by that. Speaking as one of them, I am not offended by that. Because this stereotyping, this discrimination, isn't built on top of hundreds of years of racism and slavery. Dion's stereotype is about athleticism. It's like I'm saying, white dudes can't dance. I ain't offended by that, and you shouldn't be either. But, 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 what about Lamar Jackson? You shouldn't be offended by that either. False. Lamar Jackson's not being stereotyped because of athleticism. He's being stereotyped because of intelligence. That is far more offensive. It's not the caveman time period where the only thing that matters was the ability to not die on a daily basis. I once almost got into a fight in a bar because I was being condescending to some jackass who was being a bully. And he said, you've got a big mouth for such a tiny guy. But it doesn't mean anything, since I could kick your ass. Hey, Einstein, it's 2018. Kick my ass. Be my guest. I'll sue the bleep out of you. And you'll get arrested. I don't care if someone insults my athleticism. I don't care if somebody insults me and says I'm a shrimp, a short guy. I don't care if anybody says anything about me physically. I will get offended if you insult my character. I will get offended if you insult my intelligence. And that's what's happening with Lamar Jackson. So, for those of you out there saying, well, you white people sure did get offended now. Because Deion Sanders said something that we couldn't say the other way around. It's not the same with Lamar. They fall back on the athleticism. They say, oh, it's all about athleticism. We just think he can run. No, you think he's too stupid. You don't think he loves the game enough. These are all things that I've heard on the NFL Network and other places. It's not about the physical ability. It's about what's between the ears. And that is why it's so freaking offensive. 4129222874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Okay, now time to the topic to short. At least I think. This is one that I don't really care about. I know you're not supposed to do that on radio, Come on and get all fired up about a topic and then say, yeah, I'm not really actually fired up. But I'm not fired up about the Le'Veon Bell thing. I can't get excited about it. The Steelers officially announced they've placed a franchise tag on Le'Veon Bell, and it's not breaking news to me. So it's not like I've been taken by surprise. It's not unfair to Le'Veon Bell, so I can't get worked up that way. And I can't get worked up. On the other side of it, the team side where I'd say, Le'Veon, you're asking for too much money. I can't get on that side either. And in fact, that's probably where I come down. 
I think everyone's right here. But I'll always be team player. Because I am a player, yo. Le'Veon Bell only wants what he deems to be his market value. Le'Veon Bell only wants what he thinks he deserves to be paid for the thing that he's best at in this world. Well, maybe he thinks he's best at rapping, but we can all disagree on that. How am I supposed to get mad at him? How am I supposed to get mad at the Steelers? Anybody who's taking one side over the other here and throwing their arms in the air and wailing is either disingenuous or they got their priorities all out of whack or they're just looking for a hot take. I don't have a hot take when it relates to Le'Veon Bell. I just don't. Le'Veon thinks he deserves 15 mil plus. Period. This is going to be the biggest payday of his life. He wants to get the biggest payday of his life. That does not make him a bad dude. That does not make him a villain. There are athletes all around this National Football League who have beat their wives, who have driven drunk. There are athletes all around the National Football League who have been accused of rape. There are athletes all around the National Football League who don't put forth their best effort every single Sunday. Le'Veon Bell's problem in a lot of Steelers fans' mind is he wants too much money. He's greedy. He's a bad dude. He's not a bad dude. He puts himself first, but in this world, if you don't put yourself first, who's going to put you first? Le'Veon Bell has one opportunity to get the biggest payday of his life, and this is his way of going about it. And I don't think it's the wrong way. Colin Dunlap, who I do respect, he works at the station across the street. He always says that Art Rooney II, the Rooneys in general, are undefeated in these contract matters. But it just depends on how you want to actually look at it. If Le'Veon Bell gets franchised again, which he just did, and plays on this tag, he'll make 15 mil this year. After having made a boatload last year, Le'Veon Bell will have made the guaranteed money that the Steelers are going to offer him last year in these two years. And then he can go out on the open market and get the same contract the Steelers were going to offer him anyhow. All Le'Veon Bell's doing here is kicking the can down the road while still being the highest paid running back in the National Football League. And you think that makes him the bad guy? Yo, snowflakes, all it takes is one. I said this last year at the same time. Le'Veon Bell's going to get franchised once. Le'Veon Bell's going to get franchised twice. Then Le'Veon Bell's going to go out in the open market and make the deal the Steelers are going to pay him anyhow. But after having gotten 27-some-odd million dollars guaranteed. Even if Le'Veon Bell gets hurt this year, he'll still have gotten guaranteed cash. And he'll still get a deal on the open market. The Steelers aren't wrong for not wanting to pay him what he's asking. But Le'Veon Bell's not wrong for asking for it. When he gets to the open market next year, that sucker going to get paid. He's going to get paid more than the Steelers can pay him. That's a fact. 
So Le'Veon Bell is being selfish here, but you got to do you. And I think all of us, I know all of us, if being put in that same situation, we would do the same thing. Get as much guaranteed money as you can right now, which would be the franchise tag, after having gotten as much money as you could last year from the franchise tag, and then make what you would have made on this deal next year. Which will come with, again, around $25, $26, $27 million in guaranteed. Le'Veon Bell is going to get 50 mil guaranteed because he's approaching things this way. And he wouldn't have if he just accepted the Steelers' low ball offer. Now, it's not low ball in the scheme of the league. It's not low ball when you consider what other running backs are making around the National Football League. But it's low ball to Le'Veon because Le'Veon thinks he's worth so much more than those guys. And Le'Veon has said he wants to set the bar for running backs around the league. Now, he doesn't want to do that for anyone other than himself. But he wants to set the bar. He thinks the running back position is undervalued. I would agree with him. Le'Veon's doing what we'd all do. The Steelers are doing what any company would do. Neither's in the wrong. In fact, I think they're both in the right. And I think that the most likely scenario now is that Le'Veon plays on this franchise tag and then winds up with another team next year. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That is the subject of our Twitter poll. If you'd like to vote there, what's the most likely scenario? That he plays on the tag, that he gets a long-term contract, or that he retires? Because remember, he said he was going to do that. Ain't happening. We're going to hear from my man, Jeremy Fowler, coming up at 445. He was supposed to be at 5. He's moving up. Busy day for him. Coming up next, though, we flip to hockey and the Penguins, who won last night despite not really being at their best. It's the Crowley Show. Covering the Penguins on and off the ice. Your home of the Pens, ESPN Pittsburgh. Yeah, my name is well like a Nemo. Uh, yeah, my name is well like a Nemo. Hey, I got three chances of trio. Yeah. We'll get back to Le'Veon Bell and the franchise tag, even though that doesn't interest me in the slightest coming up in 25 minutes with Jeremy Fowler. A little audible called today. Fowler is supposed to join us at 5, but he's busy because... Apparently no one knew this tag was being signed. Except we all did, and we're all reacting to it as if we didn't know it was going to happen. That's the problem with this business in a nutshell. What are we going to talk about right now? Not pit basketball. They stink. Can we talk about football? we got to find a way to shoehorn football in there. Well, Le'Veon Bell got the franchise tag slapped on him. Yeah, but we've known about this for months. And I have to talk about it or else people will change the channel. So more on that coming up in about 24 minutes. Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins me now on the Crowley Show to talk about Puck, which is far more interesting to me. Uh, Jason, all of the Penguins' right defensemen scored last night. Was this strategy or was this an accident? (laughs) Well, maybe a little bit of both. If I can try to sound like Mike Sullivan for a second. I mean... It's strategy in the sense that they want their defensemen to be active in the rush, and they found some opportunities to do so. But 
you know, it wasn't like there was a giant uh, weakness on the left side of the ice as far as um, who in the world did they play last night? I don't even know. Calgary. Calgary. Maybe the most forgettable Canadian city, yes? Uh, no, not at all, actually. Oh, um, damn. There are plenty. I mean, if we're going to start talking about Canadian cities, I, I would put Calgary up there, man. It's a sneaky, sneaky good place. It's not quite okay. Vancouver or Montreal, but it's, you know, it's pretty good in that three-hole there. I, I Forgettable Canadian cities is the definition of Ottawa to me, but I, I like Calgary. Jason, the Penguins last night I didn't think played a good game, uh, but they were able to come away with the two points. I wrote a blog a couple of days ago talking about how important it is for the Penguins to play well and that maybe the two points aren't the most important thing right now. Obviously, you'd rather win than lose, and you'd rather win when you don't play well, but... I don't think the Penguins played well enough to beat a good team like Philadelphia if they were to, say, play that way again tomorrow. You are exactly correct, my friend, and I think that is uh, what is on Mike Sullivan's radar at this point. They're certainly not in the business of turning down two points. It's a competitive race, but if they play that way against Jersey, Philly, Washington, they're going to get smacked around and forget about Boston or Tampa Bay, and they know that. Um, the, the, The two biggest things with me... Adam right now or for me or just the odd man rushes and the puck management yeah. and, and the good news is that those things are probably the most easily correctable but two they keep happening and so they need to stop they need to stop in relatively short order um, I was kind of let down by Calgary I thought they would be a lot better I thought they would be in a lot better position than they're in they're not and the Penguins have a really difficult game tomorrow night in Philly and if they manage the puck, to your point, the way they did against Calgary, um, they're probably going to get their doors blown off because right now they just don't have the goaltending to make up for it. No, they don't. And I do think that Tristan Jari showed something yesterday by being able to bounce back from what was a difficult performance. A couple, uh, or pardon me, uh, Tristan Jari, sorry, played well a couple of nights ago. Casey DeSmith, I thought, played fairly well last night, but they're not Matt Murray, and we're not going to confuse those guys as Matt Murray. Jason Mackey joining me from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, Jason, is Chris Letang back? Because I say he is. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, I, I don't know if I would say back, but back. you can start to see his shadow at least. Um, I still think he can play better, and I think Letang does too. Um, one thing that's impressed me about Letang during this recent run and I think he's a plus nine over his past ten, I want to say. I mean, he hasn't been minus in any of those, and that's definitely a good sign with him. But just sort of keeping it simple, making the right play. Like, we all know the amazing and dazzling stuff he can do, and he's really avoided doing that. And I I think that's helped him a lot in that he's also not making the blunders and the stupid plays that we've seen him make sometimes this season. But um, he's just gotten really good at simplifying his game. And now I think from here, we sort of go the direction of ramping up the difficulty a little bit. I think he's ready to start doing that. I think he's got into a nice little groove and he's got his confidence back. Uh, But, you know, if we're going to say it's Christmas hang back, I'm I'm not ready to say all the way. uh, But we've certainly seen a lot of signs of progress. And I'm getting less and less emails and less and less questions in chats about, Oh my goodness, what's wrong with Latang? They need to trade him. Oh my goodness. So, that's nice. Why does everyone who emails you sound like Mr. Bill? I don't know. Everybody who emails me and asks the question in the chat apparently speaks in falsetto, but <laughs> it's a weird, wonderful world, this post, because that's. 
Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. Yeah, I can't keep that up. I will not have a voice by the end of the program. Uh, I can't believe you made it that far. Yeah, oh, that uh, that is painful there. Uh, difficult, difficulty level high there. Jason Mackey, Post-Gazette. I'll say it in my real voice there so I have a moment to reset. Joining me on the Crowley Show. Evgeny Malkin's not now got 44 points in his last 26 games. Is it possible for a hockey player to play better than he's playing right now? <laughs> Boy, he. Uh, I'm on my way to Philly right now. Earlier in this drive, Adam, I was doing some long, hard thinking about the Hart Trophy race and where Malkin sort of stacks up. And, and at this point, I don't see how Evgeny Malkin is not, you know, right in the thick of it with Kucherov or maybe Taylor Hall. And if, if you made me answer who I thought was most deserving at this point, I think it's Evgeny Malkin. So I want to see where everybody sort of finishes, and if the Penguins crater and Malkin stops scoring, then he can take himself out of it. But, like, let's say they go ahead and win the division, and they do it with Malkin playing the way he is right now. He's your Hart Trophy winner. I think he at least, you know, in my mind he is anyway. But to answer your question, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is, but I can't imagine how much a better somebody could play. And Malkin hasn't just done it for a week. He hasn't just done it for a month. I mean, since the, the turn of the calendar year, he's just been incredible, making his line mates better, um, shooting the puck, playing a more authoritative game than whatever the heck you want to call it that he pulled off last night, knocking the puck out of the air and just flipping it past Jillies. I mean, he is just so dialed in right now, it's scary. He is, and it just doesn't seem like anything he does winds up being a mistake. Uh, last night, as you mentioned, he knocks that puck down and puts it in the net. He gets another three points. He's just insane. And to your heart trophy conversation, he's the Penguins are 18-6-1 in the last 25 games since Evgeny Malkin's gone on this tear. So when the Penguins had their turnaround, he had his turnaround. So I don't think you can separate the two things. Uh, Jason, what do you think about the Penguins' lineup? Uh, obviously, they've been playing better hockey these last two. Uh, I'd imagine they'll stick with it for a bit. Yeah, I, for no other reason than Mike Sullivan just doesn't mess with the winning lineup, period. I mean, I don't know if that's like the Irish in him or what. Like, he just won't do it. So until they lose, they're not going to change it. Um, that said, I think a few spots sort of have my attention once they do lose and have to, to make some adjustments. Um, one is Chad Ruedel in that sixth defense spot, and I would stick with Chad Ruedel. I see no reason to put Matt Hunwick back in here at this point. I thought Ruedel was excellent again last night, got a goal. Um, I'd roll with what they have. And the other thing that, that sort of has my attention is the fourth line, um, specifically what you do with Connor Sherry. Do you play him on there? Do you play him somewhere else? Do you scratch him? What do you do? And um, I mean, I wouldn't play Connor Sherry on my fourth line. I think, you know, ideally they need an offensive component on that line, but I'm not sure Sherry's your guy. And I wouldn't go Hornquist. I'd probably um, adjust my forward lines a little bit and try to maybe get Brian Russ down there and see if he can add some offense and get that group productive. But I, I just it's an imperfect equation right now with Sherry on the fourth line. He's not adding enough, and he's just kind of out of position. He has more value up with Sid in the top six, in my opinion. And I, I get that you know he never scores, so why are you going to put that guy in your top six? But you, you do need to find a way to get him going because you don't have another option. The only line that was a net positive in shot attempts last night was the Broussard and Kessel line, and I think those two are finally starting to get things going together. And 
I don't mind Dominic Simone. He plays kind of a simple game, so I think that might have actually eased the transition now for Broussard. Yeah, and I know that uh, Simone has been better than Sherry. I'll give him that. And as far as guys you're going to put on the left side of that line, um, I think the Penguins are really happy with what Brian Rust has brought on that right wing with Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagelin and the speed that line has created. So that's sort of why there's a reluctance to move them out of that spot. And so your other option is Jake Gensel. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Sid really wants Gensel with him, and that's probably the best way the Penguins can construct themselves is having Gensel and Sid together. So and that, that leaves Dominic Simone. Dominic Simone or Connor Sherry in that spot, and Simone has been worlds better. Okay. Mackie, I feel like this game tomorrow is going to get all the emotions going. It's going to hit us in all the feels. I hate Philadelphia maybe more than I love the Penguins, and that is saying something. Uh, I just hope that all the Yinzers can keep their feet under them no matter what happens. I don't think that that's going to be the case, though. <laughs> oh, man. I've been to Philadelphia I don't know how many times now. And, you know, nothing compared to other people, but this is my first time going for a game that, like, actually matters. Yeah. And I'm pretty psyched about it. I've never seen a game in this building where, like, the Flyers were relevant and really. You know, this was for some marbles. I mean, it's not all the marbles, just like one or two. But uh, th- this one should have some juice to it, man. I'm excited. I don't think it's going to devolve into, like, a, you know, line balls or, no. or anything super nasty. But I think it should be actually a very good hockey game. But I think the Penguins are acutely aware of how much these two points mean in the scheme of things. And, and that it'll be interesting to see that play out tomorrow. Jason, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Obviously, I'm interested in your thoughts on everything. That's why I had you on the show. But it was discussed on the broadcast last night that the Penguins get everybody's quote-unquote A game. And I do think that's true. I think everyone circles the defending cup champs on the schedule. They all want to see if they can stack up with the defending Stanley Cup champs. So the Penguins are getting the other team's best effort, at least, if not the A game. Does that take a toll on a team, or do you think that helps the Penguins get ready for the playoffs? I, I really do. I mean, I don't think that you win back-to-back cups and you're Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin and Phil Kessel and all these guys that have been through everything they've been through, and you're, you're worn down by getting everybody's best. I think it's just, you know, you're so used to it at this point, they probably don't even think about it. You know, they probably don't know what it's like to get somebody's worst. Um, I think they're pretty much accustomed to, at this point to there being no easy games. Um, but you know what, Adam? That, that's also a cliche. It really is. I mean, when, when we say they get everybody's best and, um, you know, there's no easy games, teams have stinkers. They just stink. I mean, there are games the Penguins will have one or two before the end of the year where just nothing goes right. And it will happen, but... I, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think the Penguins are used to this, and if anything, um, having these competitive games, which they're sure to have down the stretch, I think it, it, it is advantage Penguins every step of the way. There's really not a team in the league that is as locked in and as used to these high-stakes environments as the Penguins have been. Jason, thank you for poo-pooing my idea. I appreciate you taking the time. I'll, I'll poo-poo your ideas anytime, Adam. You the man. Be safe, buddy. All right, dude. Jason Mackey, Post Gazette. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. I'm watching the pit game on the TV here. Eat bleep pit. And my God, does Jennifer Garner look good? Holy, how old is Jennifer Garner? She looks great. Affleck, 
What were you doing? My God, you idiot. By the way, don't flip the pit game on your radio because they're getting absolutely slaughtered. Slaughtered. But you already knew that. Coming up next, a little bit of an audible. We got Jeremy Fowler of ESPN talking about Le'Veon Bell. And I'll tell you why there's no bad guys. No bad guys in the Le'Veon Bell situation. It's the Crowley Show. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to the right. But you don't see that, though, huh? Charm on the beat. Yeah. Shrimp Bayless, I've been hearing you lately. You love Jerry way too much. You acting like y'all related. I got the Hall of Fame waiting. I'm the best and you hate it. I don't know why you hate it. I don't know why you hate me. Probably because my name is mentioned close with some of the greatest. Then they talk about patience. You close to testing my patience. You say whatever. Gonna hear from my man, Jeremy Fowler, coming up in 13 minutes. Three minutes, actually. I'm rattled. Okay, for those of you out there who are familiar with the show, we are transparent. It is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show, transparency. And in the last segment, I confused Jari into Smith, stumbled over my words in a question to Mackie, and then after that, the interview, I had zero confidence. If you check out the cheese teas from prior to the show, you saw me do a tremendous cartwheel. It was a tumble, not a cartwheel. You saw me do a badass front flip. And the first time I tried it, I had zero confidence. But as we progressed, the confidence grew. I'm a rhythm shooter. If I make a couple in a row, I'm amazing. If I miss a shot or two, my God, I am awful. So if the show sucks the rest of the day, it's because I'm rattled. 412-922-2874. Before we hear from Fowler, i got to get my take out there one more time. The Steelers have done nothing wrong by not offering Le'Veon Bell exactly what Le'Veon Bell wants. If you look at the market around the National Football League, the next highest paid running back is getting $8.5 million. Le'Veon wants double it. Le'Veon wants 15. So the Steelers are like, we'll meet you halfway. We can compromise here. We're going to try to help you out. And that's Okay. That's what they should do. They shouldn't just bow down to Le'Veon Bell and say, you get exactly what you want. Now, on the other side, Le'Veon Bell, he's going to get that money at some point. Whether it's now or next year, that's the question. Now, I already have the answer to it. I'm sure that question is being asked on other radio stations. The answer is he's not going to get it from the Steelers. So, he'll get slap of the tag, which already happened. He'll play out the year on the tag because he ain't retiring. And then he's going to make a bleep ton of money for the next four or five years. Le'Veon's not a bad guy here. The Steelers aren't committing any business sins here either. I'm so sick of turning on the radio and hearing someone eviscerate Le'Veon or turning on the radio and hearing someone say, the Steelers need to give Le'Veon exactly what he wants. It doesn't have to be that way. Maybe this can be amicable. Maybe the Steelers and Le'Veon just say, you know what? We tried. We went to marriage counseling. We did everything we could. We tried a couple of different sex positions. and We thought maybe we'd spice it up that way. Eh. Didn't work. And then you move on. 
And that's what they got to do after this year. And that's what will happen, I think. Let's see what Jeremy Fowler from ESPN thinks. Fowler, you've been all over this, man. Thanks for taking the time. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. I, I joined the show as I heard your uh, couple's analogy that was rather interesting. So, Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> so whenever you're, you're in a bad relationship and you just yeah. you just try to spice things up a little bit and eventually maybe you decide amicably, yeah, let's just move on. I'm not saying the Steelers yeah. and Le'Veon Bell have a bad relationship, but the Steelers are going to offer him a fair offer. Le'Veon's not going to take yeah. that fair offer because Le'Veon wants a better offer, and I don't think that there's a bad guy here. Right. I don't, I don't know that there's a better offer. That's the thing. Um, because it's like, I, I just wonder if the Steelers have a tipping point. Even if they're close, I just don't know. Because that's a few offers now down the road, last year's and then a new one this year. I don't know how much more they're willing to come up. But they all, I, I think they are close based on what I've gleaned. I think, you know, if you're probably close to 14, to get up a little higher, it's done. But I don't know if they want to do that. Well, should they, Jeremy, in your opinion, pay Le'Veon Bell that, given the market value for other running backs in the National Football League? It's a loaded question because if you're a shrewd business guy, right, like let's say you're in the front office, and as good as he is, you're going to say, you know, I can get a good back in the third round for a million dollars. But that might cost you some wins. If you're the Steelers, it's probably still best for them to try to do it assuming, and this is a big assumption, but assuming you have a structure where you can get out of it in two years if you have to. Um, because then, you know, you can still do what you want to do. You know, I, Roethlisberger is still at his best with Bell on the lineup, getting those 60, 70 yards jump-offs. And, and, you know, it's just, you're too close. Um, but, and you can still, you can still get an inside linebacker. You can still do some things. I mean, you can restructure three contacts. Contracts, cut three players, and all of a sudden you got thirty million in cap space. Like that stuff can be overblown a little bit. So I think it can, and, and probably you know I think they're still a good shot to get done. But it, you're you know it, it wouldn't surprise me either way. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN joining me here on the Crowley Show. All right, let's see if you can follow my thought process because well it can be difficult for people at times uh, as I'm an imbecile. Uh, Jeremy Le'Veon Bell last year got guaranteed money. This year, if he plays under the franchise tag, he's going to get guaranteed money. Then if he were to sign a deal next year, he would get guaranteed money for a couple of years in all likelihood, and then teams would be able to cut bait. If I'm Le'Veon, I don't know if I would want to, from a money standpoint, sign with Pittsburgh. Now, from an everything else standpoint, a chance to win and getting a fair market value, yeah, you'd want to stay in Pittsburgh, but... I think the way he can make the most money is having been franchise tagged last year and this year and then getting guaranteed money for the next couple. Right. And I was about that. He said that's actually a good option for him. He said his preference is to stay here and get it done. But if they can't, he likes that as a plan B. He said, look, if the Steelers don't want to sign me long-term, just let me go into the market and figure that out. Um, problem is, if he gets another 400 touches and you're 27, how does that affect you? He wouldn't get what he would have gotten last year, but you're right. If you're coming off of what, 27 million over two years on the franchise tag, and then you come out, let's say you still get, let's say you get a Devontae Freeman deal, you still get 8 million a year for four or five years. It's an extra 32 to 40. That's more than you would have gotten on the original deal when you were 25. So, you know, that, that map does check out, and I know he's thought about that. Do you think that there's any teeth to what he said before to you about retiring, about 
him actually wanting to do that? Do you think that that is an option legitimately for Le'Veon Bell? I, so it, it it doesn't really sound like it would be an option, you know, when you, when you read the tea leaves. But I, I will say he is a guy, based on my experience, he's a guy of grandiose ideas and 3,000-yard seasons or beliefs that that can happen and uh, standard-bearing contractual beliefs, you know, like and conviction. Because of that, I think he would be crazy enough to do it, yes. Jeremy, appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks for making that time for me today. Hey, anytime, man. Thanks. Be good. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Didn't want to talk about sex. I don't get that. I don't understand. Fowler's in an interesting spot, right? Because Fowler's the guy who's talked to Le'Veon. Fowler also reports on the team. So Fowler is going to give his opinion, but he's only going to give his opinion insofar as what he thinks is going to happen from the sources, but the sources aren't always going to tell the exact truth. Case point, Le'Veon Bell, he says he's going to retire. I don't think he's actually going to do that. I don't think he's stupid enough to do that. Now, the NFL is violent, and hey, I don't know how it's affecting him. I don't know how much playing the game of football hurts. I imagine it hurts a lot. But there's no way, in my mind, he's going to leave that money on the table. I just don't see it happening. I can now report with great happiness that Pitt basketball has not won a conference game in 381 days. As they fall to Notre Dame by three. And Pitt had a chance late, and they dribbled it off their foot. I'm distracted today. I'm not on my A game. I'm rattled. I was watching Pitt basketball. After I asked Fowler two questions, I didn't want to talk to him anymore. It had nothing to do with Fowler. I just kind of want to be me now. Here's what Fowler said. That now that Le'Veon's two years older, at the end of this franchise tag than he was last year at this time he's not going to get as much on the open market as he would have if say the Steelers said see you later last year now I disagree with that I think Le'Veon Bell is going to make buku bucks anytime a big time quarterback goes out on the market he makes more than the next quarterback that's just the way it goes it's not the same with running backs but Le'Veon Bell wants to change the game and somebody's going to be stupid enough to give him $14, $15 million a season. Even next year. All it takes is one. I don't think Steelers fans understand that this is probably the best course of action business-wise for Le'Veon. If all things are equal. Meaning he stays healthy. Now that's obviously a huge question, but he's betting on himself. I'll spell it out again. Last year, franchise tag. This year, franchise tag. That's $27 million. The Steelers offered in that ballpark for guaranteed money. But then, following the first two years of the guaranteed money, the rest of Le'Veon's contract was not going to be guaranteed. So, by Le'Veon getting a guaranteed deal last year and this year from the franchise tag, he got that money. Now, fast forward to next offseason when he's a free agent, he's then going to get two more years at least of guaranteed money. The guaranteed money is greater now with Le'Veon Bell than it would have been before. 
the Steelers can't pay him as much as other teams would be willing to pay him. This doesn't make Le'Veon a bad guy. This makes him a shrewd businessman. He's doing the right thing, I think. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. The Steelers also aren't doing the wrong thing either. They're going to offer him what they think is fair. They're going to offer him way more than the next highest paid running back is getting paid. And if he wants to just stick around this year and play in the franchise tag, then that's what's going to happen. It does lead me to this, though. If this is Le'Veon's last year, and Ben Roethlisberger's only got three left, or so he says, I'd say three at most. Does this then become the most important year of Ben Roethlisberger's career if you want to cash in? I think absolutely. Because I've given you the stats. Ben Roethlisberger last year, in the first five games, had one more interception thrown than touchdowns thrown. Le'Veon Bell wasn't a factor, really, those first five games. The numbers weren't there. Le'Veon Bell then averaged 126 yards per game the rest of the way after those first five, and Ben Roethlisberger threw 13 more touchdowns than interceptions. Hello? He needs Le'Veon. If Le'Veon Bell is going to play on the tag this year and then walk, all the damn chips need to go to the middle of the table right now. Coming up next... I like sex. I hope they never change it. There's something that everyone else universally loves that is getting changed, and you're not going to be happy about it. It's the Crowley Show.